You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, August 29, 2021, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me and does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming to you. If you have loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Our lives are full of goodbyes. Every relationship we have, except the most casual ones, will always have as a piece of it saying goodbye. The goodbye might be temporary or it might be more permanent. Our English language doesn't really recognize this, but lots of other languages do. In France, when you tell someone au revoir, you're saying till we meet again. If you were to say adieu, which literally means to God, your goodbye would be more permanent. Personally, I always liked the way Roy Rogers and Dale Evans said goodbye to me every Saturday morning when I was a little boy. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Happy trails to you till we meet again. You see, that was au revoir, not adieu. Now, 
Goodbyes can be happy or sad or both. Goodbyes can be full of anxiety or full of anticipation or both. Goodbyes can range from the fearful to the exhilarating and capture every emotion in between. The worst goodbyes can leave us frustrated, feeling misunderstood or full of regret about things left unsaid or things left undone. The worst goodbyes of all are sometimes the ones that never happen. People part, a relationship is ended, and the parting doesn't get acknowledged. Maybe because we're too busy, maybe because we fear what the other person might say to us, maybe because it's just too hard to let the other person go. Goodbyes, even happy goodbyes, can leave us feeling conflicted. I'll never forget when Zani and I took our oldest son, Alexander, who's here with us this morning, off to college. As we stood in front of his new dormitory, which was 1,500 miles away from home, and watched him walk away from us full of excitement and hope and probably a little fear, as we watched him walk out of our lives and into his own, tears streamed down our faces. It was surely one of the most profoundly bittersweet moments of my life. It's so hard to let your children go, but it's so necessary. And the way we parents say goodbye to our children will either give them the freedom to grow up or keep them tied to us in a way that isn't healthy for anyone. So we gather here this morning to say goodbye, Zani and I to you and you to us. Our 12 years here have been among the most wonderful and rewarding experiences of our lives. I'll tell you a little story. The night Zani and I decided to get married, we hardly knew each other. It was our third date. Literally, we'd known each other for 10 days. And as we talked long into the night in a French Quarter bar, we recognized that we shared with each other a profound faith. Although she was from a French Roman Catholic background and I came from a family steeped in the Anglican tradition, we realized that faith was just a part of each of our DNA. We were going to have time to learn lots of other things about each other, but with that shared faith, with those shared values, we knew we'd be just fine. And that night, even though we were first-year law students, I shared with Zani the gnawing, insistent thought that one day I might need to go to seminary and become a priest. And to my astonishment, she said, great, I'll be right there with you. So fast forward several years, after a lot of dithering on my part, Zani finally put her foot in my backside and said something like, either go to seminary now or just quit talking about it. <laughs> so off we went. Off we went really with the dream that we would do ministry together. Well, life being what it is, that didn't happen right away for all kinds of different reasons. In fact, it wasn't until we found St. Thomas, and St. Thomas found us, that we were able to realize our dream of sharing ministry together. And 
what a gift it's been to us. You have loved us so well as a couple and as ourselves. You've allowed us to flourish. Now, we all of us in this beloved community have grown together over these last 12 years. I look back at the vision we've shared, at the hard work we've done together, at the ministry we've all done together here in Jesus' name. And my heart is filled with gratitude. Gratitude for each one of you, each and every one of you. Gratitude for those who can't be with us today, many of whom are in God's nearer presence. Gratitude for all the love and laughter and tears and hard and sometimes painful work we've shared. For your strong and generous hearts, I am profoundly grateful. Now, have I made mistakes along the way? Sure, you bet, plenty of them. And some I'm sure I don't even know about. But that's just part of the human journey, you know. And for all those mistakes, I ask your forgiveness. Forgiveness, of course, is at the heart of the story of God and of God's people. People who lack faith, people who drift away, people who are selfish and self-centered. But it's these very people who are always pursued by a gracious and forgiving God. A God who always offers mercy and not judgment. A God who always invites God's wayward people to come back into covenant relationship. I mean, it's one of the great themes of Scripture. So, my dear friends, when we make mistakes going forward, and we will, let's acknowledge them, let's ask for forgiveness, and let's offer forgiveness. So, here we are this morning saying goodbye. Now, Zani and I are going to continue living in Bellevue, and we really do love the Pacific Northwest, and uh, we've got a couple of dear ones over here that we're just, <laughs> that we can't let go. <laughs> um, but really, you know, we'll, when we see each other uh, next week or next month or next year, we'll never see each other again in these particular roles. So how do we say all these goodbyes? Well, in this morning's gospel reading, we're dropped into the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having with his friends, in which he's telling them goodbye. It's the last night of Jesus' life, and he's preparing his friends for what life's going to look like without him. And he shows them and he shows us how to say goodbye. I mean, his friends are all in denial. The thing they fear, and it's something we all fear, is the fear of being abandoned. They just don't want to talk about it. But denying reality is bad for the soul. And so Jesus steps up and confronts the unpleasant fact that he'll soon be leaving. Now, notice how Jesus says goodbye. He does it in a way that leaves his friends with hope. He tells them they won't be abandoned. Well, his departure is necessary. But while he's with them, and while he's with them, they're dependent on him to take care of their needs. But now it's time for them to carry on his work in the world, to stand up on their hind legs, as it were. And so he's going to leave them the spirit of truth, the advocate, he calls it, the Holy Spirit, 
to guide them along the way. And like all healthy goodbyes, this one gives the ones who are being said goodbye to some hope for the future. What they thought was the end is turning into something like a new beginning. New truths, new discoveries are waiting for them, Jesus says. And Jesus says, my father will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus is telling them that the best is yet to come. In the most profound sort of way, Jesus turns this goodbye into a hello. And that's what healthy, God-filled goodbyes always do. They allow us to see that God always has something new for us just around the corner. Healthy, God-filled goodbyes allow us to see that each chapter of our lives doesn't end with a period, but with a comma. God always, always has a new chapter waiting. Now, please don't for a moment imagine that I'm confusing myself with Jesus. <laughs> what I'm pointing out is that what Jesus did for those scared and anxious friends of his gathered in an upper room 2,000 years ago, he does for us today. Right here at St. Thomas, in this time of transition, in this time of change, in this in-between time between the departure of one rector and the arrival of another, God has sent the advocate, God has sent the Holy Spirit to guide and protect and nurture and grow this beloved community. And if you don't take away anything else from this morning, please take away this. You are the church. You are the church. The priest isn't the church. The rector isn't the church. Sure, we clergy have our roles to play, but at the end of the day, that role isn't any, any more important than yours. The Greek word for the church is ekklesia. It means the called out ones. That's who you are. You are the called out ones. You are called out in the name of Jesus. You are called out to minister to each other and care for each other. You are called out to be Micah 6-8 people. You remember what that fiery prophet said. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly before God. That's what you're called out to do. And what a place, this beautiful place. My God, this place that we have all sweated and worked so hard to, to raise up and to make even more beautiful than it was when we found it. This is the place to carry out, out that call. You are the church, and the Holy Spirit is your God. So you see these goodbyes, these healthy, God-filled goodbyes, Remind us that our own stories are more than our own stories. Our stories are God's stories too. So whenever we say our goodbyes well, we give those who are nearest and dearest to us over into God's care and keeping. We give them over to the nurturing and guiding companionship of the Holy Spirit. In a moment, we're going to sing a hymn that means a lot to me. Come Labor On was my grandfather's favorite hymn. Robert Watts was his name. 
And he was such a profound influence on my life that Zani and I named our third-born child for him, Robert Dillard Watts Breckenridge, who's sitting right there today. <laughs> now, my grandfather loved Jesus. He loved his family. He loved the church. And he loved a strong bourbon highball at the end of the day. And he began each day sitting at his dining room table and saying the office of morning prayer with my grandmother before eating his breakfast and heading off to work. And then what I can assure you is a model for extremely poor church governance. My grandfather served as senior warden of St. Stephen's Church for over 25 years. He was known for years around the Diocese of West Virginia as Mr. Episcopalian. As a young boy, he modeled for me the virtues of faith, of hard work, of love of family, and true friendship. Come Labor On really captured for my grandfather what it meant to live all of those virtues. Towards the end of his life, he told me that the last verse of this hymn had become his daily prayer. Come labor on, no time for rest, till glows the western sky, till the long shadows o'er our pathway lie, and a glad sound comes with the setting sun, servant, well done. As I enter the, last, the next chapter of my life, this hymn has been speaking to me, just as it did to my grandfather those many long years ago. It's my prayer now, and will be my prayer at the end of my life, too. Come labor on, no time for rest, till glows the western sky, till the long shadows o'er our pathway lie, and a glad sound comes with the setting sun. Servant, well done. So, remaining seated, please join me in singing, Come Labor On.
Goodbye, my dear friends. Dios, go with God. <laughs> For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website www.stthomasmedina.org That's a www.stthomasmedina.org